Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When two Division I athletes discuss the challenges and successes of navigating life after competing, you get conversations designed by athletes for athletes. I'm Don Sutton. And I'm Brooke Beerhouse, sharing with the athletic community stories and insights to better understand life when your sport ends. Welcome to another interesting episode of When Your Sport Ends here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? This week, Don and I get to talk with one of, well, two of his friend, friends and former teammates. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. At the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. Two Longhorn swimmers who have been together for 10 years, and they've been through the ups and downs of collegiate athletics, and then also that, that transition out of being a collegiate athlete and into professional careers where they're really succeeding right now and seem to have a really good balance, and that was something that you and I were very interested in talking about. Yeah, I think the uh, unique... Uh aspect of this interview is that they did it together Mm -hmm. in the same sport too nonetheless so um it'll be really interesting and i'm was really excited to hear about their experiences and dive into some things that i didn't know about their relationship through the get-go as well and this one's interesting too because i think both kirsten and brian had a sense of um what, what to say? It wasn't not belonging, but not being quite oh, that good impos- enough. Yeah. And, uh, and it's crazy because you look at their resumes and clearly both of them were... High performers. High performers. <laughs> yeah. Very successful. Mm-hmm. Like from the athletic realm, from the academic realm, and I mean even into their current careers. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's very relatable, though, I think, and maybe that was one of the things that had uh, they bonded over through time. Yeah, they have some really good, honestly, this episode, episode has some really good insight, and for anyone who is either dating an athlete at the moment, mm-hmm. or a former athlete, or maybe you're just thinking, oh, I could never date an athlete because of this and that or whatever reason this might be a good one for you to listen to definitely mm-hmm. i mean it's uh you know, we we dive into everything from just scheduling to yeah. goals to supporting I mean, each other supporting each figuring out the right way to support each other yeah. and uh coming off different times uh i mean for you and i i think it's a very interesting one as well i think it helped us understand a little bit better about their experience and we can reflect on that and maybe look into other things that we can be doing. Yeah. And, you know, we, it's not just about the relationship. We also no. talk about um, their own personal experiences, which yeah. some really good um, just experience and insight there. And, and I think would be important for a lot of people to hear from. Yeah. When we talk about quarantine. Yeah. We talk about running. We do talk a lot about running. Getting I love into that. Iron Man. Yeah. I think it's Kirsten Smart. She got a coach. I yeah. feel like that's probably the right thing to do when you 
get into something you just don't Iron know like yeah. what you're doing i feel like a lot of people are just like i'll figure it out as i go yeah. i don't know <laughs> it seems yeah. like that's the idea of a lot of people mm-hmm. i don't know but, yeah well she strikes me as someone who doesn't just want to finish it she wants to do well yes so that's, that's where the coach would definitely be you know she's already different than than most people who sign up definitely yeah that's just like brian too <laughs> yeah he's He's going to hit it, you know. He yeah. talks about Masters and getting out when he wants to, but it's I've good. swung Masters with him before, and <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a good way, obviously. But, yeah. It's uh, it's really good. I think everybody finds a little bit of themselves and self-reflection, too. And they it sounds like they've done it in the past, too. And they have a lot of good insight as far as what has happened in the past to them and what they would recommend for the future. For Absolutely. their past selves. Uh, I think we've done that exercise multiple times. And we have, yeah. It seems like we... It's a good one. You get new stuff every time. We do. We get mm-hmm. new stuff every time. And yeah. I like that. I like um I like that as well as the other exercises like uh Rose Rose Thorn Bud and those mm-hmm. things. It's, yeah, me too. It's good. And I think the dating an athlete as well, you find a similar motivation for working out. Yeah, and that's been nice. Yeah. It really has. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been great. And, uh, Our energy levels tend to match, but there are days when mm-hmm. one of us feels more energetic than the other and kind of helps get out or do longer runs or yeah, sometimes whatever I just it might be. Give you coda. It's like, go runner. Yeah. I'm going to go lie you on see, the couch and like... eat a pota- bag of potato chips. Yeah. And you know, that's a healthy relationship right there, you know? <laughs> Give and take. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, Kirsten has her master's in counseling and currently works with the Institute of Sport Performance Mm -hmm. in Houston to help amateur and professional athletes meet their true potential. So if any listeners are interested, that link is in our show description. Brian started his career in investment banking and is currently a manager in the private equity energy sector. While their experiences are different, their story is very interconnected, and Mm -hmm. we're excited to be able to share that with you. (laughs) Brian's pointing at me, so I guess I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so currently, profession-wise, I actually recently changed jobs. I have been working as a mental health counselor at a nonprofit agency for the last five or so years, and I recently left. Um, Timing is interesting on that, but right before the shutdown, I joined a small group of counselors who all have former athletic experiences, and we now work with only athletes doing like mental toughness and mental skills training and helping them get through injuries and mental blocks and all the other things that come with competition and performance besides the physical stuff, obviously. Awesome. And that's the Institute of Sport Performance? Correct. Yeah, the Institute of Sports Performance. So Robert Andrews started the group, gosh, decades ago. And so over the over time, they've worked with Olympic, NFL, NBA, um, athletes all the way down to, you know, age group, elementary school, aspiring uh, individuals in all different sports. So all levels and everything. Wow. Quite that's the so important. Yeah. yeah. That's something I missed during my journey. I feel like the the mental component, I always just had to try to figure it out myself, but it would have been really nice and to have those tools 
and have someone there who gets it. So it's neat that everyone is um, either an athlete or former athlete that's able to, to help with that too. It's really cool. Yeah, I definitely missed that piece as well, which is probably where the draw came from. <laughs> Pulled me back to it. Yeah, that makes sense. Right on. And then Brian, obviously been in Houston for what, the last 10 years? Your job's uh, probably a little crazy right now. Yeah, I've been in Houston now for eight years. Eight. Um, so I've been at the same firm for about six years in uh, energy finance. So we uh, we help fund small oil and gas companies. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Probably keeping you pretty busy right now, I imagine. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. I could pre- pretend like uh, everything's fine, but it's uh, it's it's ugly. With, you- with Kirsten starting her new position and everything going on within your industry, how do you guys kind of keep together and find the time uh, to do stuff together as well as your own personal goals? I mean, Kirsten, my understanding is you're running, like you're training. It seems like every time I hop on Instagram, it seems like you got a 12 miler down. It's awesome. <laughs> Something like that. We've definitely been doing things to maintain our sanity, I think, during this time. You um, got to. Yeah. I mean, interesting that you ask about like time together and we've both been home every day, all day long. Right. So, you know, we breakfast together and then Brian goes to the office, aka the guest bedroom, to get on calls <laughs> in his computer. Um, and I go to the, the other office and do my thing. And so we get to share meals together and go for random walks with the dog during the day. And so it's nice to have those breaks where we're just in the same place at the same time and um, doing things together. Like we were both craving swimming, obviously, Brian a little more than me, but finding open water to go swim in and, and just adjusting our expectations. But also, we have a lot of the same cravings, I think, for activity. And uh, we both like to eat a lot. And so, <laughs> doing a lot of all of those things during this time. Um, I got a little quarantine brain and signed up for a a 70.3 triathlon at the end of the year so half ironman half ironman yeah in california actually nice Nice. so i i kind of reflected on what working normally gave me and like what strengths that filled for me and i i'm not having those as much right now and so i needed that daily challenge and goal to work for and i needed Uh something to focus on and so that's that's where i landed Brian, have you been training up on drinking wine or are you training as well? <laughs> no, we both like working out a lot. I mean, yep. you know, uh, just trying to do something every day. It, it's nice that the, the pool's opening up, but we've been, I've been adding, you know, some other workouts in there too, probably running more than I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We found uh, one of the guys I work out with, Dad, has one of those weight racks that folds out of the garage. Oh, oh nice. nice. We've been using that. Um, so yeah, yeah, finding different ways to keep it going during quarantine. Has so that got you committed to opening up your own home gym? I've been, I've been You've thinking been about with it. it yeah. We, our gyms finally open up May 18th with the pool. So it's going to be. Yeah, I'm curious. We're, we're now. both excited for that too on our <laughs> end. I'm <laughs> curious now that. how the pool will will their schedule will be because, like Brian said, I wonder if it's going to be one of those where you sign up and certain amount of people let in, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just uncharted territory for everyone. I feel like such an uncertain future. One thing to do every single day is just 
the one thing I know for certain that I'm going to do every day is move, you know, whether that's Mm -hmm. running or doing a HIIT workout or just a walk or something. And I feel like, like you said, Kirsten, it gives you something to just like know that you're doing and work towards and have a purpose whenever jobs and stuff, especially me right now as a freelancer, it's just like, I have no idea what's coming day by day. So, um, so the working out is definitely something more for my mental stage than physical at the moment. Oh, for sure. I mean, this morning I had a long run and just getting to, there's a couple other people I've been running with on the weekends and just getting to chat with them and, and laugh and like tell jokes yeah. and like for that to be okay. And no one's going like, to annihilate you on social media, <laughs> yeah. you know, God forbid you like have make light of something during this time. Um, but it's just so important for your soul and definitely mental health. You foresee yourself running more as uh, quarantine winds down, or I mean, well, I am actually working with a coach right now for this triathlon because I've never really put those three sports together, and I'm brand new to biking essentially. And so um, she's got me on the trainer on the, the on the bike pretty much every day. <laughs> nice. Are you guys doing Peloton? No, I just got like a bike, like put a road bike on a trainer. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Much more affordable option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> That's neat. Brian, does that, um, when you were talking about the ways of, like, I don't know, how you crave swimming and everything too, were you able to read that New York Times op-ed piece about being in the water? Did you ever, did either of you read that? Oh, somebody sent it to me and it's, it's on my list, but I haven't actually read it yet. So I ran cross country and track at Iowa. So I'm running has always been in my daily life and like, you know, what I do and swimming, not so much. I would, that would be what I'd have to do cross training and when I'd be injured. So I didn't have great memories of swimming. But, um, when I started dating Don, he was, got me in the pool and I really started to enjoy it to the point where I was going almost every single day and getting, (laughs) doing a lot of yards really Mm -hmm. for me. Um, But I kind of was thinking when I was reading it, I even was starting to miss that water and just being weightless for a little bit. It's a different type of, of movement. I feel like you'd really like that, that piece. So when you get a second to read it, definitely, definitely should. Yeah. Where have you guys been swimming open water? Uh, I know that there's a tri lake South Houston. Have you guys hit that one up yet? Yeah, there's two that we've been going to. One's called Twin Lakes, and the other one's Lake Longhorn, and it's uh, like toward League City. Uh, but it, it, it's just been nice to be able to swim. I'll say open water. There, there's something about it mm-hmm. for me. I, uh, I don't know why. We, we've had a group out here in Arkansas doing it. It's just so cold. Yeah. It's so cold. I think the lake was 59 yesterday. Oh my gosh. It's yeah, guys are still going out warm. there. What is it like there? The water? Well, it's starting to get warm a little bit. It depends on how hot it is outside. But I mean, it's still nice right now, but I can see how in a few months some of the smaller swim lakes will definitely be a little toasty for work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So how how does uh, the quarantine compare to beforehand, like before when you guys were actually going into work and everything? It sounds pretty awesome, you guys' setup, where you kind of have your own offices and, you, you know, you can go in, meet for lunch and 
then go right back into it or even walk for lunchtime. Mm-hmm. How, how does that compare to beforehand when, Brian, I assume you were still heading into downtown Houston and Houston, I'm sure you were um, heading around, especially with the old job and your counseling. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, It's been different, but I actually don't mind it. Um, you know, probably more conference calls than I would yeah. prefer to be on. Uh, <laughs> I definitely miss interacting with people in the office, but uh, you know, it's nice having the freedom of you know being able to cook food whenever you want, or just mm-hmm. get up and hang out with Bodie. Um, I mean, that's before their dog. you were you were really gone all day. Like you would go to work out and then you go straight to the office, and you'd come home at a reasonable hour, but you were out the whole day, and so. We really used to spend, especially Friday nights, but weekends were like, we had to find a moment to connect because sometimes we were just kind of ships passing in the night during the week. And now we don't have to do that as much anymore. Like, honestly, it's been kind of great for that reason. Obviously, we don't prefer this forever. (laughs) We like the world to recover. But um, in that sense, it's been nice. And it sounds like it's been like that, too, since even when I was in Houston, right? I I can only imagine. But. Brian, you were in investment banking right before then. And I know, Kirsten, you've obviously got your stuff going on. How how, how did it really uh, come together? How did you guys get through just the grind? Because you were in your, getting your master's in uh, counseling in Dallas, correct? Mm-hmm. And, and then Brian was also working as an investment banker in Houston. Mm. Like how, how did you guys overcome that? It's, it, it's an, it, it's awesome. Like it's phenomenal. And obviously you, you can tell the way that you guys have a lot of those cravings as you call it. And it's just, I, I think that that is a really interesting aspect, especially going out from college. And then as you grow, you grow individually with your careers, but mm-hmm. also together. You you guys really overcame a lot of challenges. Yeah, I think it was actually probably ideal to not be in the same place when I was doing banking, just because, you know, w- working a whole lot and mm-hmm. uh, not feeling like I had the, you know, obligation to try to find time with Kirsten because I mm-hmm. couldn't, right, because she just wasn't in Houston. Yeah. Um, she would come visit every couple weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we found times to, you know, obviously text a lot and trying yeah. to get on a call on the weekends and stuff. So it actually worked out pretty well where she was kind of heads down for two years doing her master's in Dallas. And I was kind of two years heads down into banking, knowing that there was, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel to, mm-hmm. uh, Right. kind of make, make a move after that. Um, but when you guys sent over the kind of list of questions we were talking about, uh, you, you want to talk about what, what you mentioned? Yeah, I, I think there's this one moment that comes to mind when I think about the time that we both left Austin and kind of went our separate ways for two years. And Brian is a year ahead of me in school. So my senior year when I was still swimming, Brian was finishing up his um, business school year. And so there was oh. this moment where he called me and said, like, meet me on your way to practice. I think it was in front of the football stadium. Like, literally, I had five minutes or less to talk to him before I had to be in the pool. And I get over there, and he basically tells me he got the job in Houston, and he's going. And 
I mean, he didn't tell me he was going, but we both instantly agreed that that's what he was going to do. And we knew that, you know, we were both so goal oriented and you've been working so hard for this for so long. Um, but it was not a question that our relationship was going to be okay. It was um, so cool for us to be on the same page so suddenly. Um, and then wow. a few months later, like we both left Austin and like Ryan said, kind of put our heads down and did what we had to for two years. And I think part of the reason that felt okay, um, aside from all the communication and all the effort we put into seeing each other over that time was because we knew we had an end date. Like we knew that in two years I was going to finish school and move to Houston and Ryan was going to get out of banking <laughs> at that time. Yeah. But, you know, that was going to sort of be the start of things for us. That's awesome. Yeah, I really like the fact that two driven individuals are still able to support each other and um, and communicate well enough. I mean, communication is key. And I like hearing that because you get, you know, there's also the, the, ne- the negative side of having, you know, two driven individuals themselves working in as a partnership. And so hearing the success of you guys as a couple doing that and supporting each other is really good to hear. And now a word from our sponsors. Self-isolation driving you crazy? It is for me. One thing I've been doing to keep myself occupied is hopping on to betonline.ag. I'm a big fan of online poker and I've been keeping myself very busy playing with all the games they have. You can bet on eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, even the spelling bee. And if you log on and create an account now and use promo code MYPOD100, you'll be able to get a sign-up bonus. That's promo code MYPOD100 at betonline.ag. You think that working in a city together is really, that was really kind of the main goal to move forward with it, just to simplify things? Or has there always been talk about traveling or moving somewhere else as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we ever consciously said, we really want to live in Houston. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, as much right. as we like it here, you know, it's, it's, right. not, it's no Cali or anything. But it um, provides a no. lot of opportunities for both of you guys in that respect. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's jobs here. And uh, I mean, I, I think it really just started with Brian being the first one to get a job. Um, mm-hmm. And then we sort of settled in here. You know, when you first moved here, I mean, Don, you were here. And I mean, there was a whole group of alumni and, yeah, um, people we knew, and it just kind of instantly kind of made a little home, and um, it, you know, and I think about the timeline of our relationship. We basically spent two years on the same schedule with the same friends in college, dating, mm-hmm. um, like up all up in each other's business all the time, yeah. and everyone all up in our <laughs> business all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the team. Um, and then two years apart, and then when we finally got to be together again, it was like it was such a different experience. All of a sudden we were, you know, quote unquote adults and yeah. Yeah. we had all this freedom and we could make decisions and, and things just sort of evolved from there. How is that transition comparatively? Like, what would you say is the biggest thing? Cause you know, when you finally got to Houston, there was still a swim crowd there. I mean, I was there Hills there. Hegen was there. Like we had a pretty big group there and it was just kind of funny. Cause I remember just weekends going on there or, just hitting to bars, like nothing had changed almost from my part, from my point of view, but it must've felt pretty different from you guys being in 
college where you had the swim schedules and you know you, you had a much bigger team and then transitioning to Houston where it's like okay we're a little bit more diverse schedules all kind of uh separate us a little bit more but um just curious to hear if there was a difference when that move to Houston happened I think there was for me, I'll let Brian share what he thinks about that. But um, since I had left Austin and, and during those two years when I was in graduate school, not that I wasn't prioritizing my friends and relationships mm-hmm. and teammates, all those things, but I was sort of in survival mode for the things that were like the most immediate and which was doing well in school and yeah. maintaining your relationship with Brian. So every other weekend I was on a mega bus to Houston. Um, so I didn't necessarily have strong ties, uh, you know, with, with Houston or with where I was, I was living with my parents for two years and I was gone before the sun came up and well, after, you know, would come home well after the sun came down. So I was a little detached um, fit from a physical place during that time and just trying to do what I knew I needed to and, and maintain what I could. Um, so kind of, it, to me, it felt a little bit more like kind of opening my eyes after graduate school is over and being able to have time for all those relationships that were important and do all the things that I wanted to do um, without being so restricted and overwhelmed. Wow. Yeah, I like that. I think there's something, you know, having the athletic background that just makes it like easy to just adapt to new environments, new surroundings, new you know, whatever the path for it is, you kind of just figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when yeah. you first get to college, I mean, you, you don't know what in the world you're doing and you're trying to manage going to school, swimming more than you've ever swam in your life, lifting weights, trying to have a social mm-hmm. life. Uh, and that was kind of, you know, getting thrown into banking. You know, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I knew it was going to be long hours, but didn't, you know, completely understand what that meant. And, you know, I think it's kind of the athletic mindset that you just don't complain and just figure it out. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, from the college standpoint, just scheduling, my God, you know, we're throwing 12 or 15 hour credit courses with two a days plus weights and mm-hmm. trying to figure out time to eat. <laughs> Yeah, that's really your whole world. And, you know, thank God for the relationships that I did make in college that allowed me to pick back up with them after basically neglecting them for several years. Once you have your hand on your teammate's pants trying to get a tech suit up over her body, like there's just no other level of intimacy (laughs) with friends after that. Like you're just never going to be that close with someone again. Oh, man, I forgot about those tech suits. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Oh, locker room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but athletics, like, it's, it's also cheating because you know the the second you show up on campus, you've got just a squad of yeah uh, guys and girls that you're just you know have yeah. a lot in common and also don't have a lot in common, but you're uh, all kind of on this weird path together. You're all, yeah, you're required to spend golly at least twenty five hours together mm-hmm. a week. It's funny, Neil Neil said it best, one of the guys we swam with, he said, you know, you just show up to college, 
they throw you in a room and they say, this is your new group of best friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. sweet. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Did either one of you have a, um, a tough sort of end with swimming in terms of um, like, I don't know if, if maybe your collegiate career wasn't as good as you wanted it to be, or if you were injured, I don't really know any of that backstory. So I'm, it's a two-part question because I'm curious if if one of you did have a a worse sort of falling out with swimming than the other, and if you had each other, like how you're able to talk about that together. Because it's been really therapeutic to talk with Don because he understands the you know I had a less than stellar into my running career, and not everyone gets that. So you guys already have a, a really cool um, understanding and. You know, I, I think it would, I would just would love to hear if that was something that you helped each other navigate through, or if that was happened during your two years, kind of alone, not, not alone, but together, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say yes. So, um, I think a lot has come up for me in reflecting on my swimming career recently with my job change because it mm-hmm. really um, forced me out of my comfort zone. I'm, I basically, I work with a group, but I work for myself. And so finding the kind of self-worth and uh, um, letting the doubt go of like, am I even a good enough athlete to, to coach other athletes who, you know, mm-hmm. have made it to different levels than I have, you know, that imposter syndrome yeah. Um, was something I had to work through in just leaving the agency. I think that brought up a lot for me um, from my time on the team, which was overall the best experience of my entire life, hands down. Um, there's so much I would never change. Um, but I think that it was hard being a small fish in a big pond. And and I made that choice as a you know high school kid to yeah. go to a huge university where other girls in my class freshman year were coming back from the Olympics and had final the trials and you know um I don't think I understood the magnitude of what what that meant that small fish in a big pond what that implied until until much later when I had time to look back on things um but I think that feeling of not being elite enough on your team or um, trying to find your place is is really tough and I think that without talking about it or or really closing that chapter, it definitely translates into other areas of your life as you get older. Did you ever give Brian breaststroke advice? Eddie gave Brian breaststroke advice. Oh, is he? (laughs) You did? No, Eddie did. What did Eddie say? Eddie did. Eddie told me I should get neutered so I could never pass on my breaststroke (laughs) to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like an Ed comment. (laughs) (laughs) So now he's married to a breaststroker. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was, Brian has Kirsten's job also when she's been talking about, you know, this new awakening of, of going through a lot of um, thoughts from collegiate career and everything. Has that brought up anything for you too? It's been, you know, we always kind of talked about this, you know, the whole mental side of, you know, sports and, you know, everything. So she's obviously even going more knee deep into it. So it's been, mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun to just talk about how, you know, the skills that you can use and, you know, reflecting on, you know, my swimming career. Um, you know, you know, some of the things I've thought about in retrospect is, 
you know, I, my talent was showing up to practice every day. And that's what Ed actually said. That was my own, Ed said, your only talent is showing up every day. Which is, it was actually like kind of a backhanded compliment. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's, I always felt like I uh, was didn't entirely fit in on the Texas team from a talent perspective. So the only way I could, you know, be relevant was uh, to try to drown myself every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, th- thinking back on that, I think, you know, I really enjoyed practice, but I probably took it way too serious. And, uh, you know, doing masters now, you know, you know, there was always, you know, pros on the team that always talked about just having fun. I never could really relate to that in college. I was like, have fun. No, we're here to just grind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I didn't nail the exact interval on every single set, you know, even if it was just like one, 100 of a, 6,000 yard practice. I was just convinced that my, you know, season was over. So I put, you know, way too much pressure on myself, I think. And, you know, it, it worked out fine, but, uh, you know, kind of thinking back on it, I think I could have been, you know, a little easier on myself and it probably would have been even more, not that I wasn't having fun. I was I, like, I loved showing up to practice every day, but I put a ton of pressure on myself right. and, uh, you know, sometimes you just, can't make it work one particular practice and there's no reason to bang your head against the wall. Uh, so, you know, that's something with master swimming now where, you know, it's, if I don't want to do the set, you just get out of practice. Right. Like (laughs) it's it's, it's just a completely different approach. And like the goal is literally to just have fun. I'm not training for anything. You know, maybe I'll do a master's meet here and there, but it's a, just a completely different approach and think I could have applied that you know, when I was in college. Isn't that amazing how it changes like our mindset and just, I guess it's part of growing up and adulting, but I completely agree with that. I'm um, just recently going back now for my master's in anthropology and I was looking through my transcripts and I showed Don, I was like, I can tell you every single semester because my like scores and grades, everything is tied towards how, how I was feeling and how I was competing. If I was doing well in running and just like my whole life for those four years was racing and my self-worth was tied to it. And it shows in my grades, even it's incredible. I, for sure. I mean, I took academics really seriously in college and that never mattered that never can in my head could compete with being the best in the pool or on the team like that didn't matter it didn't matter that I was good at school it was you know like what's interesting I think that Brian and I have sort of talked about even recently um is we were in we were very different levels in swimming you know Brian's school record holder like went to NCs multiple times like just has this fantastic rap sheet basically in terms of swimming Mm -hmm. that I don't have but we had internally like since we've been talking recently we've had the same experience of not feeling like relevant in us on the team even though like I look at him and I'm like how can you think that and he looks mm-hmm. at me and says, like, how can you think that so it's just yeah. there's so much that you don't say that everyone's actually having the same feelings about is that what's been coming up or I'm just curious with the the new job whenever you're helping athletes is that something that almost like you said, the imposter syndrome or our athletic identity being so tied to um, 
to these experiences? Is that something that's pretty common across the board? In your opinion, uh, or if you're, if you're yeah, your I mean, the first thing out of people's mouth is like, I don't know if I'm like elite enough to work with you guys. And it's like, well, wow, are you going to support? Do you need? Would you like this opportunity? <laughs> like, that's those are the only qualifiers. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, so for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I heard a pretty okay. cool story recently. Uh, it was a um, to call the skiing event that you it's outside we're doing like oh, the, the cross country skiing. yeah the cross country skiing this athlete was you know top tier in the world but had never won at the olympics but had won world championships several times and her uh they asked her sports you know her coach who had a some sort of psychology background what was the biggest thing he did to help her eventually uh win an olympic medal and his response was i uh got her a habit outside of training. And I, and I think it was to build a home. Building a house. Yeah, yeah. building a house. It, wow. But the biggest thing the coach thought he did was just find something for her to, you know, get distracted from uh, the yeah. training and the, you know, all the pressure of yeah. trying to be top-notch. But it's also just, I when I hear that story, when you told me that, I just instantly thought, like, she's cultivating the – the skill of passion, like you might have lost it a little bit for your actual sport. It doesn't mean yeah. that you find it and translate it. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. It, hobbies are pretty critical. You yeah. Gotta make sure you select a pretty decent hobby or a good hobby. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. Well, I mean, building a home. Passion. That's yeah. cool. It's like when I talk to people who are like, I hate running. I run three times a week and I hate it. I'm like, well, then why are you doing it? Like, yeah. find something else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a hundred percent. One question that we always like to know is: is what you would take from what you've learned now in life, what you would translate into um, if you're if you could go back to your college career, or if you could just tell someone, a current college athlete, something that you've, you know, just some words of wisdom. Um, I I think what I would have wanted someone who. I sort of trusted and maybe knew had a similar experience as me, I would have wanted them to tell me that I am valuable and, and to build my belief that I am an asset to the team, um, despite what my times are or, you know, you know, where I quote unquote rank on the team in my mind, maybe. Um, I think I would have, I would want to and hope that someone could know that so that that isn't impacting their journey those years wonderful i like that me too yeah i think i'll you know kind of touched on it earlier i think i would have told myself uh to not take it so serious uh you know clearly motivated and incentivized enough to like there was going to be no problem whatsoever that i was going to work hard but uh Mm you know getting upset if I couldn't perform in a meet or uh, if, you know, 1% of a practice didn't go perfect, that it, yeah. that it doesn't matter. And, you know, it's the, the body of work that translates to the end of the season and not, you know, the micro fractions of some practice. Being a little less task oriented, not every mm-hmm. single practice with the journey overall. Right. I like that too. That's yeah. Good. Both of those is something that I would have liked to 
have heard from, like you said, Kirsten, someone that I trusted or had gone through. Yeah. A similar, yeah. Really like good. your future self. My future self, yeah. Yeah. Time portal, time portal back. What's the first thing you guys are going to do after quarantine? Yeah. <laughs> That's honestly what I want to know. I mean, it sounds like it's easing up, but uh, what are you most excited about once like quarantine gets over? And then do you see yourself uh, pulling in any of these habits from quarantine? I know this is kind of side, beside the track, but I feel like it's, it's fairly relative like right now. I think, I think mine was today, just being able to swim in a pool again. Uh, we, were, we were talking yeah. about it. This was probably the longest time in the last, you know, over 20 years that I hadn't swum in a pool. In a pool? Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I haven't swum, you know, until today had been out of the pool for, you know, about two months. Yeah, two, 45 days, something like that. Did wow. you hit the grind again? <laughs> it, it didn't feel great this morning, but <laughs> it, it was nice to just, to get it. To get in. Yeah. I don't know if I have a specific answer, but there's this saying that keeps ringing through my head that has been all over all over the internet lately. You know, in the rush to get back to normal, ask yourself what's worth rushing back to or something like that. Oh, and yeah. I just think there's a lot that you kind of get caught up with, like kind of in the mm-hmm. rat race of life that just doesn't matter as much to me anymore. Um, just like little stuff that it just, it's just not that important. Um, so I think reprioritizing is like my what I want to keep from quarantine. I'm bummed. Neither of you said come to Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can yeah. make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I got a guest bedroom. Guys. Yeah, you're making a garden. You're going to grow your own food. Now uh, it's been a project. Yeah. Sunflowers are here. Yeah. 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 One day. <laughs> One day I'll figure this awesome. stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do they call it? Victory garden? Yep. That's it. It's a little late in the growing season. Just trying to find additional things to keep occupied. Yeah, he keeps on buying little packets of seeds and is like, I'm going to grow these cucumbers. He's like, okay. (laughs) I hate my 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 problem is, though, I'll like dig or till the soil, then I just kind of like rip tailor it where I just throw down the seeds and then I just say, let it go. If it survives, Sorry. it survives. Yep. Are you talking to your plants to help them grow? He is. I went, no, no, this is hilarious. I came out the other day and the sunflowers are growing really well. And he's like, you're doing so good. You're a star. I was like, what did I come into? It works. I've heard that it works. Yeah, it does. Like it. Yeah, I got, so nice. I got one big one. Yeah. He's going to be my star. champion. Mm-hmm. Did you name it, Don? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's, your, it's your prize sunflower. Don Jr. Really so, Don Jr. Yeah. Well, you know, sunflowers can get up to 15 feet tall. Yeah, he's waiting on that. That <laughs> one might actually. I want to get this sucker big. Yeah. <laughs> this is a coping mechanism for Don that he's not a giant. There, there's, <laughs> there's flowers that are taller than Don. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at when your sport ends. We post behind the scenes content and more videos of when we're recording. And it's always nice to hear what you have to say and what you think about for future episodes. If you have ideas for topics, let us know. We're listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.